views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you all tuning us in, turning us on. For those of you that were with us for the last hour, welcome back. Thanks for keeping us on the old dial. It's great to be connecting with all of you. Uh, What a great, great day this is. If you are living in the greatness of the day. But if you're not, probably doesn't seem like a great day, does it? Well, this is really part of the show today with Glenna Rice joining me here today, questionable parent. But more than that, she is someone that travels the world, helping people step into the question, what else is possible? She does this through working with the team at Axis Consciousness. Uh, And besides all of that, you know, she is someone that has been helping people understand how to heal, how to grow and how to become more aware. And, you know, so much of our life is living in places where we just don't know if we're going to be able to choose something different and create more ease, joy, and glory on this planet. But that's what Glenna does. You know, that's how she facilitates groups of people across the globe about consciousness and awareness in their lives. And what happens if you were to change the question you're asking yourself? You know, whether or not you are a parent and you have a child that may seem a little bit different, or you're living in a world where possibilities don't seem like something that might happen. You know, for those of you, you heard me talk about the screening of a film. You know, a film that's about children of the world, uh, children in Iran taking their lives back by going through education and going to school. In a world where they're persecuted for that, So do you think maybe they've asked the question, what else is possible? Do you think maybe that question has turned in to a possibility that comes out in the world of global manifestation of a new level of consciousness? Whatever that is for you, whether you're thinking about how you're going to create the next month of your life, the bill you have to pay, or perhaps the dream you want to create, what is it about today's show that will help? So today, my co-host, Glenna Rice, need, want, desire, and the meaning behind it. Need, want, desire. How many times, Benny, how many times have we said, I need to go to the movies? I, I need to have this. I need to tell my kid to do this. I need you to stop doing that. What the heck does any of that mean? But need, want, desire, are they different? 
And if so, how did they get us what we want and don't want in life? Glenna, it's great to have you here. Oh, thanks, Dr. Pat, for having me on. Great introduction. Yeah, we're going to play with uh, three words today that do have different meanings that are often used to um, confuse things, so you don't actually get to receive what you're asking for, Um, uh, need, want, and desire. The one that, um, I mean, the word want is what, you know, I want this. I would like, you know, I want to have that. I want that. It's something people say, you know, I want a new car. I want a new house. I want my kids to clean up their room. Um, I want uh, there to be peace on earth. You were talking globally. I'm actually interested in the show you were just talking about. Um, But want actually means to lack. So whenever you say, I want something, it's not actually asking Mm -hmm. or requesting to have it. It's ask, it's just confirming that you lack it. I lack my kids cleaning up their room. I lack my, you know, I lack a new car. I lack the money I need to pay the bills. Uh, You know, I I want money to pay the bills. So want it, when you're saying want, you're actually saying I lack something. Which if you start looking at when you say it, it becomes really clear and obvious when you start to look at, when you use the word want. And it's true, you do lack what that is, but it's not actually requesting it when you say it that way. You're you not know, it's in, anything. Uh, oh, this is, I love this. I love this because, you know, this would be one of those things, Glenna, that, you know, I would sit here and try to think now. I'm thinking to myself, really, is that true? Let me think about this now. You know, if I want something, is that really true that I think I don't have it? And here I am trying to argue with you in my own mind about this. <laughs> what do you think that's called? Resistance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, they're, they're, um, well, it's, it's, it's really confusing. The way we use these words confuses um, mm-hmm. the whole thing, and you aren't actually requesting for something. Like, what would it take to have something? It's a totally different question than I want something. A want mm-hmm. isn't actually a, re- a request. There is, like, an old definition of the word want. I guess there's, like, 27 definitions. There's a different, whole bunch of different definitions of the word, which all refer to lack. There's one that re- refers to desire, but we very, very rarely use it that way. So occasionally it might come out that way. Um, but like people that are really wealthy that have lots of things usually don't say, I want that. They say, I'm going to have that. Yes, they which do. Is more of a demand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So can we talk about that for a minute? You know, how many yeah. times have we have heard somebody say, uh, I'm going to have that? You know, I'm going to have that relationship. I'm going to have that person in my life. I'm going to have that job. You know, I'm going to have the house that I want. I, and then we hear that and we want to say, oh, man, you need to learn a little humility. I mean, right? <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Look, yeah. She's laughing at me. This is the show where Glenna Rice gets to laugh at me through the entire show. But it's true, <laughs> though. We do that. And maybe we don't want to admit it. But it's kind of like, oh, please, can you just stop that? What is going on with us? What, you know, and then the flip side of that is we would love to be able to say, I'm going to have the same thing as, you know, I'm going to be able to have that education. So what is really going on with us in this? Is it is it really simply we are feeling the scarcity of stuff? Um, well, partially when, when someone else says it, when you say, I'm going to have that, and someone mm-hmm. like discourages you, um, that is they're functioning from a lack. They have a lack in their universe, and that's just an interesting point of view, and they can have fun with their lack. I'd rather not choose from that place. Um, 
And you, if you do notice the people that say stuff like that, like I've had people say, meet a guy and say, that's the man I'm going to marry. I'm going to have that guy as my husband. And it actually shows up in the future. It's coming yeah. from a place of yeah, desiring or um, demanding that they're going to choose that and they're going to do whatever it takes to have that show up in their life. Different energy than I want that. Uh, wow, it is um, a different energy, isn't it? It is a it's a really, and you know, when you start to get clear on the difference in the energy, you can start seeing what you'd actually like to choose, the things you're pretending you can't choose, or you've talked yourself out of, or you're judging you can't have, because usually you're coming from a place of lack, as you just said, one, and you can, and then you can start asking different questions, asking, looking at the energy, wow, is that something I really would like to have in my life? If I chose that, would that create more for me? Would that be really fun? Would that bring me joy? Okay, let me look at how I'm creating this, um, possibility. Am I even creating it or am I just sitting here wallowing in my lack? Because yeah, the, the, the perceived lack in this universe is huge. Huge. I just got back from India a week ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, driving from Jaipur to the, from the, the place we stayed at to Jaipur airport, the poverty and the lack was astonishing to me. And I was, I've been to India before. Somehow I saw it differently where everyone's functioning, well, not everyone, there are wealthy people in India, but the people that were on the streets that I was seeing were definitely functioning from lack. Like, there's not enough stuff to go around. Right. And what's funny about that is when people actually choose, no matter how poor they are, or perceived poor, however they're choosing to live, you know, their life, when they actually choose to have things, they show up. All the time. I mean, I have I've had many poor friends. I was poor in college, but still, somehow, everything that I required or asked for somehow always showed up. I always was able to pay my bills even though I pretended every day I had no money. Hmm. And I still managed to pay every bill I ever had to pay my whole life. So there was a huge lie in this point of view that I had in college and in my early years when the kids were young that I didn't have enough. I always had enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask very big was probably the biggest thing that was going on. I didn't know I could ask for bigger. Mm. That's not something we're taught. We're, like you said, humility. Asking for more is almost seen as a wrongness. You're greedy. You're going to take from someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, you know, people that are, are, uh, are really open about it, you know, people that are really open about it, you know, we take a look at them and we go sideways. You know, we go sideways on them. And, you know, what, and so what we're talking about is what is that place of lack from us? And what are all the indicators that we get within ourselves? I mean, you can feel it when you're coming from a place of lack. You could feel it. Some of us manifest a hot flash in a hot second. Others, it's a feeling of sadness. It's a feeling of deflation. When we come back, Glenn is going to talk, talk with us about want versus need Need has got to be one of the most used words in our culture here uh, from coming from a different place of reality. Do we really, quote, need that? And this is really an interesting conversation. I can't wait to hear what Glenna has to say. You know, there are some people that do need things, the air to breathe and so forth and so on. But how often have we heard this, especially in our pop culture right now? I need to get that new smartphone. And, and by the way, I need to get those sneakers that go with that smartphone. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back.
of traditional talk. People pontificating about this or that, the left or the right. Sometimes the truth is just all lost in the noise. Tune in each week to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, as nationally known guests talk about what's important to you, your life, your concerns, and your success. Tune in and turn on to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher. Visit ChuckGallagher.com for more information. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on the diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. This is Lynn Brown from the show Winning at the Game of Life. Listen, it's time to enrich your money stories and open your path to all that you desire. We all have limiting beliefs which we accumulate from our life experiences, ancestors, and past lives. These beliefs block our ability to receive the unlimited flow of abundance that the universe is constantly offering to us. Why are we so emotionally caught up on the word money? It's only one of the many forms of abundance. I'm excited to uncover your unique stories and limiting beliefs around money and abundance, as well as give you tools to release them from your space. It's time to invest in yourself. You deserve everything you ever imagined and more. Call me to schedule a reading at 844-LETTER-B-INTUIT or letter R, letter U, intuit.com. Lynn was very accurate and she was so clear in explaining everything to me. I highly recommend Lynn to all of you. Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the 5th Annual Tappers Gathering, March 14th at Bastyr University, and have a chance to meet EFT founder Gary Craig. This event raises money for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. Bring your cards and information for a full day of networking and inspiration. Visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Glenna Rice, my co-host, joining us here today. For more information about Glenna, go to GlennaRice.com. You know, the questionable parent, Glenna Rice, need, want, desire, and the meaning behind it. You know, we touched upon want there for a little bit, and I know we're going to say more about it. But what do you what do you make of, of this way that, at least here in, in, in this country, the way that we're using the word need? You know, it's become so much a part of street language, business language, bosses talk to, I need you to finish the, you know what I'm saying, Glenna? It is, mm-hmm. it is one of the most overused words. Uh, what's your thought on it? Well, need's even more interesting than lack, the way we use need. <laughs> need well, <laughs> well, need always has lack in it, and need always stops your creations when you say, I need something. There's always mm-hmm. a huge thing in there that you lack it, and you can't change the lack. So, so anything you're saying you need creates a limitation in what you can mm-hmm. actually have and mm-hmm. create. 
and choose. There's um, really little possibility. And what really happens with me is you say, like, like, I need more money. You instantly go into a judgment of you that you don't have it, that you haven't done enough to do it, that I'm not good enough to get it. And, you know, you can do that at the, really the, the poverty level or at any level. You know, I need that new coat or I need those new shoes. You come, you're coming from a place of this lack with the want I was talking about, but that is the biggest energy that's in that word, need, and that creates total judgment of you, which limits what's possible for you to create. It is It is something, it's really interesting that we're talking about this, because you're right. I mean, the whole idea is the minute we come out of the gate and we say we need, you know, there is, by the very nature of that, there is something severely missing in our lives. And, you know, when I when I was looking at this and getting ready for the show today, I was looking at this and I was really struck by this quite a bit because um, we are so quick to use the word want. And we just talked about that. But we are mm-hmm. more than quick to use the word need for everything just about everything we could think about. Glenna, I need to get an A in my class. Or, I I mean, it just rolls off our tongues. But the energy that I hear you talking about is the immediate translation to whatever that level of awareness is out there that we are just in a sad place. Yeah, We're just in a sad place here. (laughs) It, it, and that's I'm how desperate. it comes out. And, um, yeah, and I looked up the word need, and it comes actually from an old, old um, Middle English word, a few of them they put together, that are talking about poverty and death and misery and sadness. That's really what that word has, the meaning behind it, um, all has those connotations. There's nothing very positive about getting wonderful things when you say, I need something. It doesn't talk about getting it. It talks about hardship and death and pain. And, um old English and old Norse word. So when we use these words, I mean, words have a meaning that they've had for, um, you know, centuries and beyond that we don't don't have an awareness of when we're saying, but that, that energy is still there when we use them. And that's what, with need, that's what you get. You get this huge amount of lack and then the sadness or whatever that is. And what that is, is it's, it's what we're inventing. That energy that pops up is what you're inventing to create the lack. So you can never choose to have what you're actually desiring or asking mm-hmm. for. We mm-hmm. invent that. We go into the bad place, the misery. I can't have it. I'll never be able to have it, and I totally need it, instead of into a question of a possibility of what would it take to have that in my life. Mm-hmm. Is that something I so- actually would enjoy? Would that bring me more possibilities? And that, that sadness will stop us from even getting to that place. Does that make sense? It does make sense, you know, and and I think that part of this is that after a while, we start to use this language so often, Glenna, that we actually take ourselves down the pathway, right? We take ourselves down the pathway of focusing on that judgment, that need, that want in such a way that we actually come to believe that we cannot live without it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, you and I are are just using this language on the show today, but we can become fixated on something that we believe we'll need. And with that, okay, you are someone that works with parents and children. Mm -hmm. If you were to talk to the average 
person today that is so dependent upon their se- their, their their cell phones, right? So dependent mm-hmm. upon their cell phones. And you said to them, I, I cell phone, no, no cell phone now. The need I need to text Mary. I need to see my messages. I mean, there's such an attachment based on being absolutely convinced that if we don't have this thing we need, we're going to perish. Isn't that the energy that you're talking? We're going to perish. Something's going to happen, right? Yeah, so that's where it totally creates a total limitation. If you go to this place, I'm going to perish. I can't function without texting someone. Which, just in that example, there's no question in that. It's like, okay, is that true that I actually have to text this person now? (laughs) <laughs> is there another way I can get this information to them? How else could I get their information to them? Is there someone else's phone I could borrow? There's a whole bunch of questions that you could come up if it was actually something you that was totally required to do versus needing to do it, which just goes in this place of lack, right? I need to get a phone. Oh, my gosh, I don't have my phone with me. I can't function without my phone. You know, misery loves company. Here I go down the, um, you know, wormhole of no cell phone day, <laughs> which actually could be a gift that you're not even seeing. But you go into this limitation, and that's what the needing creates is this huge limitation. So you lose choice, and you go into judgment, usually judgment of you or maybe of, you know, the whole system we've created with cell phones. But something's going to be judged in that, and someone's going to be wrong, and it's usually you when you go into need. And it stops you from creating. Now, you Mm -hmm. you did bring up um, things like needing air and needing water and those kind of things, they're more necessities. They're a little different energy behind it. There are things, and they're necessary to stay alive, to keep yes. your body living. A little different than needing your cell phone. Um, and, and if we can change our needs, the things we're saying we need, mm-hmm. that we lack, that we judge ourselves for not having yet or not having into something that we desire, which is where it gets really tricky because if you've got these judgments and limitations in place, even coming to the place of desire is difficult, and desire is judged in so many religious organizations, and um, and it's often it has connotations yeah. of you know sexual energies around it. So it's kind of bad and dirty too. But yeah. desire actually is what brings in everything we're asking for. Everything yeah. that's ever shown up for us has always mm. come from a place where we desired it, where there wasn't the lack attached when we need something. That's where it gets different. Like everything that showed up that was wonderful in your life showed up because you desired it. You know, from your radio show to your degree to the you know money you receive, the, the you know everything new that you're creating is coming from a place of desire. Because if it was coming from a place of need, you wouldn't have it. It wouldn't show up. It can't show up when we come from need. You know, it's really interesting, and I want to talk about this because I did mention um, the fact that I, I, you know, during the break that I, I've been asked to uh, participate in moderating a showing of, the, you know, the film To Light a Candle, you, you, you know, which for those of you out there, you can go to educationisnotacrime.me. And what's interesting is, you know, when I started to talk about it, what goes through people's minds, so we have this point of view that, you know, people in a certain country are of a certain belief and therefore they're of a certain belief and they're not okay. You know, people in another country do this and they're not okay. And, you know, we tie so much to what we believe in what's needed, what's not, what the desire is, and how much of our lives are based around 
what not to have and what to have and how it sets us apart. You know, how do we bring all this together so that we can look at manifesting the things we want in our lives? And, you know, this is really kind of, um, you know, this is the question really about the show today. You, You know, how do we step into the world of possibility that you talked about, right, when you were in school? How do we step into that? How do we live in that and let the creation happen? How do we do that? What can we know about yeah. this energy that pulls us? Let's take a short break. When we come back, Glenn is going to talk about desire. It's going to talk about that thing which brings us joy, the energy that pulls it in. And, and ask the question, how do we ask for what we would create more? What would work for us? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Glenna Rice joining us here today. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. A retreat to open your senses and heal your energy. Join Lynn Brown and Wendy Wolf for Amazing Astra Allies, April 30th through May 2nd in the beautiful Methow Valley. Open to more of your astral experiences. Learn intentional dreaming and receive astral body healings in this serene setting. This retreat is almost full. To register now or learn more, call 206-931-7356 today. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. 
She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Yeah, wow. Thank you, Mr. Benny. Playing all that cool music, pushing all the right buttons. I was Glenn feeling like Rice. a dolphin. I was channeling my inner dolphin I there. Not, I think yeah. you were. I mean, oh. That was my attempt. That was really good, that though. Was terrible. That was very good. Yeah, Flipper, you yeah. don't have nothing on that. Yeah. Now, if you want to step into the world of possibilities, take a look at the way a dolphin lives, right? I mean, who doesn't look at a dolphin and smile? Don't even admit that to us on the air today. Glenna Rice joining us here today on the show. Wow. Need, want, desire. Now, here's the thing. One of these is going to get us to where we want to go. And I would venture to say, Glenna, the other two are not. Uh, now, no. look, you travel all over. The world. <laughs> That's just a guess on my part. You travel all over the world. You are meeting people from so many different cultures. And, you know, I said something to you about what that must be like for you to meet people from different cultures and how different they are. And I guess the question is, what do they all have in common or not? You know, do yeah. you have to work differently with different people from different places? Yeah, that was such a great question. I've never been asked that or I've never seen it mm -hmm. the way um, when you asked the question that I thought. But mm -hmm. what's the most different is the different ways they all, every culture uses their culture, their belief systems, their family structures to limit, to create the limitations of their life so they can't choose the things that will work for them. Like with the way they talk themselves out of choosing, like if you go to a country like Estonia or Poland that used to be East, Eastern Bloc countries that had huge communist, um, you know, cultures, mm -hmm. that is what they use to limit themselves. So, you know, everyone has to have everything the same, and the fear-based realities that were created during those um, times are huge parts of how they used to limit them. If you go to the Middle East, I was in Dubai, so much is it of their religious beliefs and family structures are limiting what they can choose. In India, it's family. There's a lot of the family belief systems of how you, you know, are supposed to be in the family and the remnants of the caste system that's still there, though it's not. They won't actually admit that it's still there, but it energetically is still there. Those are the things that they use as their reasons and justifications to not choose. So everyone, every country has different ways that they limit themselves, but that's really what they have in common. Because they just have... Mm different stories to create the limitations to keep them from choosing what they would like to create. And America, we have tons of them, too. You know, well, I mean, well, yeah. The, the, yeah, some of just the humility and not choosing too much, not outdoing your neighbor, but then having to outdo your neighbor all the time because we're this country of individuals all can mess us up. And we could go yeah. on and do a whole other show on the limitations of being American. And the great... Well, yeah, you know, the limitations and also the opportunities, right? 
I mean, you, you know, and it's really a different point of view. Somebody said to me something, Aglana, let's talk about this because it ties right in. You know, I, I uh, started to go and uh, do other radio shows, be interviewed by other people. And, and so fascinating some of the questions you get asked, right? Uh, some people mm-hmm. that know you and maybe read your bio or, or, or maybe have heard you talk about things, right? Um, but one of the things that I've talked about lately is, you know, the benefit of of growing up uh, in the cement jungle. And one of the things I talked about was what you learn on, a, on the monkey bars. The lessons <laughs> learned on a monkey bars. It's a chapter in my book. She's laughing. Lessons learned on the monkey wonderful. bars. Right? Now, yes. <laughs> think about that from need, want, and desire. From that point of view. You know, what are lessons learned on the monkey bars? If you're me growing up in New York. Right. The first one is get to the top before anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And metaphorically, though, right? That is Mm -hmm. our culture, isn't it? Get to the top. Get to the top before anybody else. Why? Because we need to. We want to. You know, how do we break through that and really come to tease apart the damage of lack and need that it does to us so that we can really find a different way and ask different questions? I don't know about the people you work with, but the people I work with, I don't know of any of them right now that want to stay stuck in their depression, stay stuck in their lack. I I really don't. But yet we yeah. do. What can you say to us about this? Isn't that funny? We we don't want to stay, but we actually yeah. kind of do. Because there's something yeah. we like about it or something we like about the story. Um, I mean, we do love our stories of lack, of how we can't have things, how, you know, nothing's working for us, how the boss won't give us the raise and the story behind it and how hard you tried and it's still not working. No matter what you do, it doesn't happen. And all these stories, we love those stories. And... What you know, it's a choice to change it. And one of the things there's a really great access clearing I'll, I'll give out um, that I've been using, and it's in the last couple of weeks since I got it that is changing so much. But it's what invention are you using to create the needs you are choosing? And then you just mm. run, you know, everything that is destroy and uncreate it all. And you can say all that weird stuff Glenna says, which is right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So that was the access clearing statement I just gave out. Um, yeah. And you can go to the clearingstatement.com, and it'll be explained there. I would take mm-hmm. too long to explain it all here, but it's kind of a vacuum cleaner to get rid of all that junk that's stopping you from choosing. So that's let's go one back to the question and do it again. Yeah. yeah, let's go back to the question and do it again, because I think this okay. is really important to to really do this and, and to really use the clearing statement. Because yeah. yeah, for those people that have have heard the clearing statement before, you've already said the same things. What the heck is that thing? But then you try it. And once mm-hmm. you try it, something happens. So let's go back to the question, because I think the question is really pivotal. Okay, so the one I just gave, what invention are you using to create the needs you are choosing? And everything that is, you want to destroy and uncreate it all. And you can just say yes, and it's right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. Yeah. And I would, I've been running that on myself a lot. And, you know, one of the really kind of cool things I saw is I'm, go, I'm getting this, doctorate degree in physical therapy. I'm mm-hmm. um, going, uh, 
and I'm, it's getting close to being done, and I'm starting to work, and I have business cards made with Dr. Glenna Rice. And I had this awareness that this, this is something I desired when I was in grade school. Wow. And wow, I had never thought about it again. But I had this, like, giggle that showed up in my whole body, and I started to smile. I'm like, oh, wow. I, have, I chose this years ago, and it's now being actualized. And that's the thing about desire, is it's a creation of your future. When you desire things, you're creating, it's like an invitation to future possibilities to start showing up, to kind of tug them into your reality and create them when it doesn't have lack. When you have desire Mm. with lack, it becomes need. Need without lack is actually desire, and desire is the energy that will create things. The way to start yeah. being aware of what you desire and not desire mm-hmm. is that, that that statement is getting rid of all your needs, which are full of all the judgments that keep you that limit you from creating what you desire. So running that process over and over again will start to give you clarity, people that are listening on what is actually a desire and how to get rid of the things that are in the way from actualizing and choosing and inviting in the things you desire. And you really can't the desire doesn't work until you get the needs gone the lack and the need and that kind of misery love company stuff we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's, that's part of the how. And the first thing wow. is to choose, wow, I want that. I would like to create from that place and to choose it. Mm-hmm. And play with these three words. You know, just as you're talking during the day, see where you use them and go, oh, I just did need. I heard that on the radio show. That means I have a bunch of lack. wonder what that is. Maybe I'll get rid of that lack and see if I can actually have this thing show up for me. And would it be fun? Are you willing to have a life that's fun and enjoyable and not miserable is another question. I have to tell you something really interesting. And let's talk about this. We may have to skip the break because it ties right into this. You know, when I was 23, I turned to my best friend, who's still my best friend today. And I said, I, I'm, going, I, I'm going to get a PhD. That's what I said. I was 23. And, you know, then I thought for a minute. Okay. And then I I was like, okay, what actually is a PhD was my question, right to her. But but it was really clear, I'm going to get a PhD. Now, people have asked me, why did you have that need? I didn't have a need. Right. And so I, I didn't really get clear about this until you just started to talk about it. You know, because, and say said to me, well, what, why did you want one? Here's was my answer, Glenna. Maybe you can help with this. Maybe I get to be the guinea pig again. And I actually didn't even know what it was. All right? Nobody in my family had gotten any college education. I literally was the only one at the time to graduate high school. And so here's the deal. I started, I worked in the mailroom in the phone company. And I I delivered mail at Bell Labs to the research on building 15, the (laughs) mysterious, you had to have the top class security like the CIA to deliver mail to these people, right? I delivered Mm -hmm. mail at 17 years old to these people. What did I remember about them? First of all, they taught me how to play table tennis. Secondly, they had fun. Every time you went into their space, they were doing some really cool stuff. One of these guys juggled. But what did I remember about them? The only thing I knew about them, because I didn't know them, at the end of their names, they had a PhD. That's what they had. Wow. 
That's what they had. And so did I really want a PhD? Well, in my mind, I wanted to have what they had. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's really interesting because that's very similar. I remember looking what I, when I remembered this when I what I desired when I desired yeah. to have, you know be doctor was looking at yeah. little pictures when we were in grade school I suppose of what right. you could be when you grow up and it was like nurse mother astronaut doctor and the doctor was a man you know I'm born in 1965 so this was probably in right. the early 70s and it right. was, certainly wasn't a woman's job but it was something that I desired whatever the energy of that was was something I desired years ago. And you were just describing something really similar. The energy of these people and what they were creating was something that you desired to have as your life, too, or in your life, as part of your life. And that's well, how things we desire show up. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, so, so let's talk about this in terms of what people can learn about this. You know, to this day, um, I talk about the fact that the minute I went into the KKNW studio... Um, I don't know, Benny, 12 years ago or something like that. I think we're not going on our 13th year. I think it's 13 years now. Um, the minute I got behind a microphone, I've said it's like breathing. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like breathing. Yeah. And, you know, how do we desire something, Glenna? And maybe I'm, maybe this is not a question that makes any sense. But how do we desire it without being attached to it right now right Right. i mean this whole thing i'm going to get a phd at 23 i did not get that phd at 23 but when the opportunity came where i could get it i did (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like 30 years later (laughs) i don't even know right right (laughs) mine's about that too (laughs) that many years later (laughs) i did get a master's not too far after that um (laughs) <laughs> so how do we desire? Uh, one of the things is that you were just saying is no expectations of what the outcome is going to look like. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. once we have an expectation, if it, it could show up just a little tiny bit different than your expectation, and you'd miss it. Yes. So right. you, you, you don't want to be fixed on the outcome of what it's going to look like, because then you're going to be creating something by force, and mm-hmm. the lack and the judgment will all be part of it. It's more just, it's inviting these things in. And what you described about how you said it felt like breathing, that Mm -hmm. energy of the peace of you, the beingness of you, when you're in your greatness, when you're doing what brings you joy, um, that is the energy of of, of the the things that we desire. That's the energy they, they allow us to have. Now, when I was talking about the misery, it's pretty tough to have both things going on at the same time which is one of the reasons if you can get rid of your needs, the things you desire can start showing up because your needs have all this lack and judgment involved and judgment of you involved. When you sat Mm -hmm. down and were talking on the radio and it felt like you were breathing, there was no lack or judgment or any of that stuff in your reality. You were being. The things that we desire are going to, that's what they create for us when we choose them. Mm. You know, and, and one of the things is you really, you know, to be committed to your life and committed to a life that's going to be greater for you is a huge component of being able to start inviting in the things you desire. And more and more people are starting to be committed to their life that have been doing access. It's quite interesting. We've been talking about it for a while, being committed to a life that works for you. Most of us mm-hmm. are committed to everybody else's life working for them or committed to something else. And exactly. So to be committed to your, yeah, and if you're committed to you first, 
then the other things can start showing up easier too. You know, I want to ask you a question, and this is, I think, one of the most, this is actually, you know, we talked about want, we talked about need, and we talked about desire. But here's this deal, and I would love for you to talk about it if you could. You know, we do uh, get attached to outcomes. And I've heard so often, don't have any expectations. But honest, I do have expectations. And I'm not really hearing that's what you're saying. What I heard you say is don't have any expectations about the outcome of something. And, and, yeah. and, and so I don't, want, I don't want to be like reading in between the lines, but it, they're different things to me. If you say to me, don't have any expectations about the outcome, you're not saying don't have any expectations. You're saying don't have any expectations about the way you want this to show up. Uh, am I kind of, you know, hoping for the best here? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little tiny bit. If you have something, if you expect something to show up in a certain way, that's where you totally limit what's possible. It's yeah. a, um, like Gary Douglas with Access, and I've worked and talked with him for years about this, is wanted to create a school based with the Access tools involved. So, you know, it would be a regular, I mean, it would be a school that creates everything people require in a school in this reality, but the children would be given the tools to know that they know and to empower them to learn and to ask questions, blah, 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 the stuff I talk on the radio. And he's been asking for that to show up for years. Like, what's it going to take to have an access school without an expectation of what it would look like? So a little school started in Australia for a couple of years. That didn't work out. And now we're looking at online schools, which actually seems to be creating something with still no, like, real definition or expectation of what that has to look like. It's more the energy of what you want to create. Does that make sense more? Yeah, and, and it does. It, it, and yeah, it's not showing it up how up. anyone thought it would. Yeah, we didn't think this would look this way 10 years ago when we were first talking about it at all. We saw schools where kids would be sitting in the rooms, um, and that people, kids are too spread out that are asking for it. So an online school actually allows us to create even more than one school in some city somewhere would have created. So it's actually greater than we could have imagined back then. So that's why a lot of the times we say, Asking for something that's greater than you could imagine allows you to step out of the definition that's an expectation that limits what's possible. Well, otherwise, we wouldn't really. I mean, what you're going back to is where we started with this idea of desire. You know, mm -hmm. this idea of desire. You know, fueled. I, I don't know if this is really um, a direct equivalent to what we're talking about, the energy. I think there, for me in my life, there are things that I feel have been fueled by passion, purpose, and faith. You know, a believe in, in uh, the possibilities of things. There are other things, mm -hmm. Lana, that have been fueled by fear. And I can tell you every single time that I have moved forward based on fear, Except perhaps for not walking down a, an alley on 8th Avenue one day, um, things have not gone well for me. Yeah. Things have not gone well. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, fear it, it cannot at, at certain points in time be sort of the healthy indicator for directional uh, focus. But whenever I've made a fear-based decision based on a fear-based thought, it has just not gotten to me where uh, where I ultimately wanted to go. How do we look at that? Because, you know, fear is underneath lack and need sometimes, yeah. right? Often. Right? Often. The fear you're going to starve to death or something because you don't have enough money. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's, right. And this, the thing about 
fear is it's almost it's always an invention. It's a, it's a really a lack of awareness. Mm. If you're totally aware of everything, fear can't exist. Even when you're talking about the dark alley, yeah, like, that's yeah. awareness. That ain't safe. Yeah. I'm not going down there. That's the energy right. that's fear. But I would uh, that's that's a question. Like wow, you know, is it safe to go down this alley? Or is there a weirdo down there? You know, am I going to get right. mugged? Um, where that's awareness, not fear, and we kind of misidentify it as fear. Because if you were really in fear in that moment, you wouldn't have the awareness not to go down the alley. Fear stops awareness. So when you're creating from fear, you're missing so much information because the fear distracts you from what's, what you're aware of and doesn't allow you to ask questions. But, yeah, mm-hmm. people do use fear as a motivator. And, and if they are, it's like, wow, is there something to be really afraid of? Or what am I afraid of here? Or am I pretending I'm afraid of that's actually hiding what I'm aware of? You know, we call them distractory implants. It's a distractory implant in access because it distracts you. It's like this implanted thing that distracts you from what you know. Mm. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right fear. about that. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I'm thinking about what you just said now. You know, was it fear or was it simply knowledge? <laughs> was it simply knowledge? But, but then there's the flip side of that. And let's talk about it for a minute because here we are and we desire. Um, we desire, let, let me just make a few things up. Uh, you know, we desire to have a life that is fulfilled with abundance and prosperity. And I'm going to throw that out there. You know, we desire that. You know, what does that mean? What does that look like? I didn't really outline it. I didn't put a whole lot of scenario around it. But the very fact that I say that creates an energy, creates Mm -hmm. an energy. The question is going to be, how willing am I going to be to the way it shows up? You know, on a business card back in 2002, 2003, I wrote on the back of it and I typed it up. I still have the card to this day. I said, my goal is, no, my vision is to reach a million people by the end of 2003 and help them live life full out. I dial a wrong number. I don't hang up. And I bought my first hour radio. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we help people today? create that energy, right? How can we be aware of the energy of the words and then change them? Not like, oh, my God, I just heard that show. Now I said, oh, and now I just said need. Oh, now look at me. And we go down that path like, oh, now I said need. Now I made a mistake. So what can we say in these last couple of minutes to help people yeah. truly create those possibilities? Well, one thing is have fun with this. Have fun with where you use the words. You're already doing it. You're not going to, you know, you can't get any worse at this than you already are. You've already been doing it. And you're totally, you know, we're totally good at creating from need where it creates nothing and we just go into misery. So just have fun. Oh, I did that need thing again. Be easy with yourself with this. Enjoy it. And then start looking at what you desire and where that need thing clunks. You know, when you, I mean, when you just said creating that greatness, um, creating your life, it's, you know, happiness Mm -hmm. and abundance and all the other things. You can feel the energy of what's possible, but you can also feel where, oh, I couldn't do that. All the need stuff, all those inventions of need. You can run that oh. process I gave earlier. Um, when, when it pops up, just run that process. What invention am I using to create the needs I'm choosing right here? And uncreate and destroy them all. And see what starts mm-hmm. to lighten up for you. And, you know, just catch yourself when you're saying it's not wrong. I use want and need still all the time. And it's like, oh, I just did need. Guess I'm not really choosing that one yet. What do I got to change here? Or do I even really want to choose that? You know, I use it with my kids with not cleaning up. God, I need you guys to clean up your rooms. Right. That's going to work. <laughs> not cleaning up anything. 
I don't make a very good yeah. I don't make a very good slave. I'm not cleaning up your room. <laughs> but it and it's it's from that that clunk energy that I know they're not going to choose it that way. That is not even the way to ask them. So we that's a little way, but we just catch yourself during the day, see what it is, have, have fun with it, play with it, and see what shows up tomorrow. You might get some changes really quick. I've seen it happening with me this last couple of weeks. Well, you know, this has really been a great show because one of the things you all, you talk about quite often is a level of awareness. And I think what yeah. you've done today for all of us, and, and I love the idea of having fun because I laugh at myself all the time. And, you know, I, I, I hang out in a place where if I really do go sideways, I got people around me and like, you know, uh, with a real Dr. Pat, please show up today, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. nobody actually calls me Dr. Pat. They call me DRP or they call me something else. But the the point is, now we have a level of awareness. Now, I, w- I will not be the same after today's show. You see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a new level of awareness. I also have uh, another idea to have fun with it. Yeah. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. So now I have a couple different things that I have to be mindful of. Uh, and have fun in changing. I wanted to thank you for a great show, and I want to ask you this question. You know, I know there are people listening to this show that are going to benefit enormously from this. What would you like to leave us with? What would you like to say? And I know you're going to be laughing about some of this stuff we said today for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can I do a real quick plug? First, Dr. Yeah. Pat, I forgot that I'm I am doing a in my house this weekend from three wow. to seven. There's going to be a bodywork trade, which I just put, I'm just putting up on the books, um, taught by my assistant Andrew Gardella, who works with and travels with me. And I just want to invite nice. anybody in the Bay Area that's interested in this stuff to um, go to either my Facebook page or the Access website to find the information about that. And then what I would say is, what would it take for your life to be greater than you could ever imagine possible? I love it. And we'll make sure that uh, it's on your Facebook page? Yeah, it'll be all up. I, we, it's just something new in the works, and I, I know people from the Bay Area listen to the show, so I would Great. like to invite anyone Great. that would like to join us. Okay. Absolutely. Put it up there, and we'll make sure folks know about it. Thank you so much, Glenna, for a great show. Awesome. Thank you, Thank Dr. You. Pat. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning us in, turning us on. Also, go to glennarice.com, everybody. We'll see you next time. 